0: This episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by PowerSwap. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. What is up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you are listening and watching another awesome edition of Untold Stories, where twice a week together, we get to dive deep, deep and understand, like, as deep as you can go. If we need to pull out white papers, we're doing it. To really understand how this movement came to be, where we are right now in the larger scheme of things—is this the AOL moments? Is this the pre, the post? Where are we first base, last base, first inning? You know, second half. Where are we right now at in the larger scheme of things? Or are we part of a larger societal shift? Are we just our own thing that we're doing our own thing? Are we kind of leading that monetary evolution? Because a lot of people say, like, hey, before crypto and Bitcoin, we didn't really use Venmo much. So if it wasn't for that, so where, you know, how does it all kind of fall into place right now? And where we're going on the future guys, happy holidays, happy new years. 2021 was a phenomenal year. Uh, I know that for so many people, uh, we have to, we have, there were so many, myself included, there was so much negative, but at the same time positive. And I think the gratitude that I want to have going into 2022 is to make sure I remember, like, just focus on the positives, like in the future, when we're, when my wife and I are old, sitting on the rocking chair we're going to be remembering all of the exciting things that happened and not the stressful things that got us to that point. And I think that's something that I'm always trying to remember as we're like getting into new years. I want to give a special thanks as my honor, Brian Norton, you're the chief operating officer at my ether wallet, one of the OG companies in the whole crypto space. You guys are the backbones of Ethereum. You think of my ether wallet, you think of Ethereum together. It's like one in one. Uh, and and, and, eventually like i'm sure interoperability is a big thing thank you so much for coming on untold stories and happy new happy
1: year Happy New Year to you and thanks for having me
0: it's kind of like i love i love uh i know that the end of the year the new year it's all symbolic holidays are, are for seasons you know pre-religion but i like to attach to them because uh Humanity, we like tradition. We find comfort in tradition, and it's nice. No,
1: absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that as, as as superstitious as you don't want to be, as pragmatic and logical yeah. as you want to be, it's a, you're denying part of yourself if you don't uh, if you if you don't take these kinds of moments uh, to reflect. Uh, yeah. they're 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 ready made. We just pa- uh, we just passed the shortest day of the year, and I was like, why am I so tired? <laughs> Why am I so tired? Why, despite my laundry list of things to do, am I am I laying here on the couch working on my from my phone because it's all I can do? And uh, yeah, there's 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 a reason why we take take these kinds of steps back.
0: Sometimes I feel like I spend more time working on my to do lists than I actually am doing the things on the list itself. That's why I level it off at five. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> like there's never more than five things on my to do list because. I no, that's ju- really smart. Yeah. And I've been trying to also at the same time, like keep my emails down to a specific. But then there are things that, you know, take a lot of time. Reorganizing life, um, the five spokes of life, like health. Like you said, if we don't focus on, I forget that, that all five spokes, I should look it up because I'm always referencing them and people want to know. So I'm going to pull it up right here. I keep forgetting that this is an edited show, so I can just. You could just ju- do ju- it. Ju- you can do it. Every yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Here. Okay. So these are the, these are the five spokes. This guy does seven. So you think of, you think of our lives, like the spoke of like a wheel of like a bicycle. And if, the ch- and if one spoke is too long or too short on that, then the chain falls off. So you have like work, family, partner, spirituality, friends, external contacts and self view. That's stupid. I like, I do, I do spirituality I don't like religion because I think spirituality is like kind of above religion. So, you know, religion can be under that if that's what your thing is. And then you have like friends and family. uh, You have work, you have community and you have self and then you have money. And so like you can't forget about like so if sometimes we feel like dirty focusing on money when we have to focus on our family. But if you focus too much on family, you have no money to take care of your family. But if you have too Mm -hmm. much money, you know, so it's like everything. It's all about balance. And and honestly, my personal crypto views over time have always had this common balance thread. So I've never went maximalist one way, but I've never gone full like anti anything the other way. And so you always have to kind of maintain a maintain a, a balanced view. Interoperability. You're not gonna uh say that one is the only one that's always gonna be the most successful one. It's not the right way. You don't know. So we're in this like multi-multi blockchain world right now, right? When when my Ether wallet was launched, you know, ugh, like I'm gonna say almost a decade ago, but like six, seven years ago, you know, it was really like a Bitcoin and Ethereum world. And most people mm-hmm. thought, it, it, including a lot of, uh, I don't know, Ethereumites or whatever we, we call ourselves, um, that it would be like that's what the world would look like. You'd have like the Bitcoin, you'd have the digital gold or the money for the long-term or the commodity, the hedge against the world. And then you have this smart contract, you know, uh, Ethereum virtual machine. But now we're in this like huge, huge multi, multi uh, blockchain world that we're in right now. You have Algorands, and you have the Caspers and you have the Polka Dots and you have uh, all these different uh, blockchains that people are working on. And then at the same time, my friend the other day asked me and he's reading a book about NFT. So he asked, he's asking me some great questions. And he said, Charlie. Ethereum has some very high fees right now. And it seems like people are using all of these other blockchains because of Ethereum's high fees. So my immediate thought was the same conversation that people were having against Bitcoin back in 2015 and 2016. And my immediate response was him to him was don't, don't ever think that technological innovation can't keep up to speed with demand. It's just a little bit slower and i said don't you know count ethereum out in that respect do you see ethereum about to go through like a massive wave of like of technological innovation that's going to really like bring it to the next level i mean we're talking about ethereum 2.0 proof of stake this whole next level yeah i think that i
1: think that in the multi blockchain world that we're currently seeing ourselves move into um, we're necessarily going through those growing pains. One of the things that, that Ethereum really does have going for it is that it has grown into the largest publicly, publicly owned open source, uh, smart contract platform in the world.
0: And that's a huge accomplishment. By a huge margin too, like by, yes. by, by a huge amount. It's, so it's not fair to compare the bigger ones and the smaller ones yeah sorry no it it's it,
1: uh, it, it's certainly it's certainly not it, it, they're not on the, the same level and they don't serve the same function really at this point so a lot of the a lot of the newer blockchains even the you know and the the EVM other EVM compatible blockchains newer blockchains like polka dot they um polka dot is like is aspiring to grow into that uh that sort of a uh, standard, uh, that standard sort of smart contract platform, a blockchain with blockchains. But right now, where we where we are is Ethereum is the gold standard for innovation. In has become the gold standard of innovation in the smart contract space, and and it's publicly owned. There's no CEO of uh, uh, of Ethereum. It's open source. You can still get in, you can still get in. It just costs a lot more. <laughs> than it did for now though yeah yeah in 2018 and so uh 2018 20 even 2019 so now where we are so now where we are is this you know like like we've anticipated these problems you know moving towards uh eth 2.0 is going to be a real monumental shift In both controlling fees, environmental impact, while maintaining they like attempting to maintain that 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 uh, that core ethos of being publicly owned, um, and operated, governed by the community, um, and obviously I'm really, (laughs) obviously I'm I'm really excited. I would say I'm more than optimistic. I I really do believe that this is going to be sort of a watershed moment for not only Ethereum, but crypto in general, um, where we see ourselves moving into this sort of new era of, uh, of innovation and smart contract development and new use cases uh, being developed by these decentralized communities.
0: So do you think that it's almost uh, a way to show to have you know, decentralization and distribution is not something that happens on day one. And to actually try to have, to launch your blockchain or mainnet, you know, out of the box, fully decentralized and distributed on day one is almost an impossible feat. So here you have over, you know, from 2015 or whatever it was until whenever uh, Ethereum moves over to proof of stake, you know, that time is when Ethereum had to deal with uh, a lot of the uh, stress tests that other financial institutions also go through, like the great, you know, the great recession or whatever that happened in 2009, and all these banks failed or whatever. Ethereum had to go through things like with the Dow and how do you deal with stuff. Um, and then, and then time is the biggest validation for any blockchain for its existence. The blockchain has grown; uh, more people are using it. The Ethereum blockchain since since it's year over year over year, and it's gotten so big that you as a company my ether wallet don't have to focus like most of companies are focusing on servicing all chains you guys are really diving back into it to to offer a huge suite of products for the ethereum blockchain itself and and we need that because most nfts most smart contracts almost everything is happening still on ethereum and ethereum and probably will because People are going to go to the best chain that has the best user interfaces, uh, the, the most decentralized and distributed. But at the same time, most of these new ones are only been around for a year or less. I'm not going to put massive amounts of well, I think it's very risky. Like, I think that even right now, as Ethereum passes its five, six, seven year mark of existence, eight year mark that's when a lot of external capital will finally feel like, hey, we can now build on it because things need to exist for five or six years. No, I think,
1: uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I want to go back to something you said before, where you said, uh, you know, said starting out, coming out of the box to fully decentralizes and is almost impossible. I think it's, I don't think it's almost, it's, it's, it, it is, is impossible. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I like to point out to people is like, you know, in the middle of the word decentralization, is the word central? Um, it's Good it's point. it's right there. It's it's in it's inextricable. There is always going to be some degree of centralization. The process of decentralization is never quite finish, finished. Finished. Um, you can always sort of like take extra steps to uh, to increase autonomy um, to cr- increase reliance on third parties, but you're never done the work it's not the work doesn't get done um and uh what you need what you need is a what you need is a network that is able to uh to scale with those, those new use cases to further further that process and i think that ethereum is a for, is currently the furthest along in the smart contract space on that like on that spectrum um And, uh, and so, uh, so yeah, uh, as far as the way we kind of see ourselves, you as uh, ourselves is we, uh, we do, we we take, uh, we take Ethereum as sort of the base layer of everything that we try to do. If it works on Ethereum, then we can look to support it on other EVM compatible chains we can give that that uh that functionality to uh to our users actually pretty easily um but it needs to be validated on on ethereum for these use cases need to be validated on ethereum first for ex- all the reasons that you're saying that you know that uh that innovation that the that the innovation that's coming through uh uh on these other on these other blockchains are are great, but they are in, they are innovations. They are risks, and we are still an entry point. Like Mew is still an entry point for new users coming into this space, and we want to make sure that that where like what we're supporting is not going to put our users at undue risk uh, at undue risks, um and. But while still allowing them to maintain their autonomy, like the idea uh, the idea being, if it works on Ethereum, you can use Mu, uh, Mu with it. Um, as you move out from Ethereum, we have to sort of make, decision, uh, make decisions about what we can and can't support.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So then how do you... Do you, are you seeing people want to interface with other blockchains while they're using Mu, or is it something that, it's like an all encompassing system right now? There is, there is
1: a higher, a higher amount of demand than we'd seen previously. And it's particularly for layer two solutions. Um, people want, uh, you know, people want to use Polygon, uh, uh, for, uh, for example, just to mitigate fees for straight value transfers. Sure. Um, it, 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 it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense. Um, they understand, we try to, uh, you know, we try to educate users on, you know, exactly what that means, what, that, what that's going to mean for them. Like that Polygon isn't as decentralized Where as, as Ethereum. There are trade-offs here, but um, <laughs> ultimately... Ultimately, like, you know, if what you're looking to do is save money, uh, save money on uh, transfers, this is an option we're making available to you.
0: So we're, we're heading to a multi-chain world where certain things have certain trade-offs for other things. So, for example, you may use, you know, in your example, Polygon for, for immediate value transfer. But at the end of the day, if you're wanting to build like a multi-dimensional, you know, uh, highly thorough uh, you know, huge amount of capital intensive smart contract that can operate like flood insurance or something like that, then you're going mm. to want to use like the best uh, compatible virtual machine and platform. And that's Ethereum by far. I think that Trent, that moving over to this, this Ethereum like 2.0 is this big elephant in the room. And and can you, can you talk, kind of talk about, is this something that's kind of set in stone are people making a big, bigger deal out of it than it is, and is there like a small kind of group of people that still kind of make the decisions on things like this, or is it hard baked into the code and it's it's ready to go? Um,
1: I think that I think that's a good question. I think that um, I think that the larger set, the sentiment amongst the the larger, the greater Ethereum community is that this is something that needs to happen. Um, the move to proof of stake needs to happen um, for some of the reasons we've touched on high fees, environmental impact, the, in order for uh, Ethereum to remain sustainable and also, yep. uh, and, you know, participation in the network becoming attainable. Um, the more people you price out, the less decentralized you become because the less network participants there, uh, there are. Um, and so we do have a responsibility at the, uh, as a community to grow, that, uh, grow our community. Um, and I think that's one of the core problems that ETH 2, 2.0 is trying to solve as to whether or not is by uh uh whether or not this uh this move is an ine- inevitability
0: sure
1: i would say i would say that nothing is nothing is nothing is uh promised <laughs> but i think that like in terms of community sentiment we all know that this needs to happen yeah. um something has to, like something has to has to change and the uh, the network does have to evolve. There'll be detractors, of course. And I, you know, I have some suspicions that, you know, I feel like there will be, um, you know, uh, maybe 1.0 will probably yeah. continue on. Yeah. Um, but I think that Ether- uh, Ethereum 2.0 is the future.
0: Yes, because mm. to do, to be able to do, like less than one second block times where that block is distributed across millions of stakeholders in real time, the only way to do it really is through proof of stake in that sense. And that's what Ethereum wants to be. Ethereum wants Mm -hmm. to be that just like smart contract rail for the world. And really at this point, we're not talking about like money or value or proof of work or environmental stuff anymore. Those conversations Mm -hmm. are all kind of like red herring stuff. It's more like, hey, to do what we want to do and needs to live in a system where it's just a lot faster and we're not relying on on solving uh, proof of work algorithms where the difficulty set to be a certain speed at that point for security reasons in and of itself. That's just a different type of blockchains where we're entering the world where we need different blockchains to be better at certain things. And then we need mm-hmm. those chains to work with each other. In a, in a decentralized way where you don't have to have trade-offs when you're jumping from one chain to another. That's my view. How do we get there? I don't know.
1: No, and I think that's going to be an open question and we're going to see the, the nature of this conversation evolve, particularly after the merge, after 2.0, uh, up to 2.0 is out in the world. Um, we're going to see, and particularly as traditional finance and DeFi, start moving closer together um and more more players um more complex payment systems um that require that level of throughput start entering this start really entering the space in force um because it's never going to be it's never going to be done like the after the merge that's like that's chapter one of the uh of 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 the next book in ethereum's yeah in 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 a, in the ethereum saga it's not uh it's not the end of the story by any stretch of the imagination um and so you're right, like a multi chain chain world is an inevitability, and the um uh i think what ethereum what we as like uh, us working in ethereum really want to see is Ethereum ethereum being able to serve as the base layer. Uh, through which all of those change, like interact, like creating those, uh, uh, creating those rails for people to build on top of. And through the DAP game, it's already become that. It, 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 it uh, has already historically been that. And now this is just take, you know, like, taking the next logical step.
0: Sorry to interrupt your regular scheduled programming, but I wanted to tell you guys that if you're using PancakeSwap, Uniswap, DYDX, SushiSwap, you're doing it wrong. You need to be using PowerSwap because PowerSwap is a user interface, a decentralized smart contract platform that sits on top of all of these. And when you go to Paraswap or untoldstories.link forward slash PowerSwap, because they're refunding your gas. If you go there, then you'll be able to, on top of Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain and Polygon, look for the best prices for your tokens and swap and do everything in one predefined transaction on chain, instead of having to do the approval to this token, to that token, to do all these different things, Paraswap does it all for you. It's decentralized. They just released their API version five that you can see everything. It's all open source. Very cool stuff. UntoldStories.link forward slash Paraswap. If you're using any of the other decentralized protocols, you're doing it wrong because you need to be using the routing, beautiful Paraswap routing system, and it's fully decentralized too. It's gorgeous. Talk to you guys soon. You had um, DApps and DAOs were like mm-hmm. the first uh, time that terminology was used was DApps and DAOs were really when, when Ethereum was launched because we looked forward to this world of like being able to have decentralized applications, DApps, and then you have like, you know, decentralized autonomous organizations and DAOs. And we have, and we looked at them as these like maybe quasi-governmental or corporate tokenized bodies etc. We're always I feel like all of crypto we're always looking through like a finance lens. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, not speaking for everyone, I missed the coming of Ethereum as becoming this cultural asset layer. You know what I mean? Like for NFTs and 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 status I didn't see this. I didn't know this was going to happen. I was like looking the other way and I'm the first one to admit when I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I um
1: <laughs> I a couple of years ago, I remember doing an interview where I um it was, it was I was on a panel, I should say. I was on a panel and um I said something um along the lines of well, I I see um Ethereum and blo- blockchain in general, but Ethereum in particular as being a social and cultural movement. And it was immediately shut down <laughs> by really? somebody who was talking about, who was like, well, I mean, I think that's very pie in the sky and utopian and that's nice, but, and they went on about how much value is going to be locked and how much, you know, how, my, how many payments are going to be settled. And um, I feel by the, with the, with the rise of, of NFTs, we're starting to see just a glimpse, just a glimpse of what I had always kind of hoped was we were going to see. Um, which is um, a a a an avenue for cultural connection and production outside of strictly finance, where we so we can see where these things uh, where these things sort of intersect. You know, you talked earlier about the spokes of life and putting more like being able to interact with more of those spokes on ethereum making those interactions more synergistic is what's really exciting to me about this space um i think that there's a lot of misconceptions and i don't know that they're necessarily unearned um crypto's reputation is somewhat a self-fulfilling prophecy amongst some people in the mainstream the idea of crypto bros and lambos. And that's what this is about. And it's about number go up. Um, And there is a part of that. And we've seen that sort of play out over the last couple of years, but now what's emerging is sort of the prom, like the, the beginnings of the promise we're seeing like that, the, the transactional relationships as being just a part of of the greater scope of what ethereums and blockchains can accomplish and that is not strictly it is not strictly a place for finance it is a it is a place where finance connects with all of these other parts of uh yes you have your community
0: family health it's all going to be on the on blockchains whether you know an ethereum wants to be that and so I mean, I think I'm starting to, I think we're starting to understand what that web three world actually looks like. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's where it's like the five or seven spokes or whatever. I I remember it was be five spokes. I don't know this person on the internet did seven. I'm going to figure out. I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, I've seen five, I've seen six and now (laughs) I've seen seven.
1: Uh, I like the six one. I found one that says "play," and
0: I think that one's really important. I found my spokes. I find my. Yeah. I finally found the spokes. The five spokes of life: family. Okay, it's one finances, mm-hmm. fitness, friends, and faith. The five F. Everything falls within those. So faith is spirituality. Friends mm-hmm. is external. You know, not family. So relationships. You, know, so you have family relationships, not family. Fitness is your health. You gotta keep your health, family. It's great, very important. So when you move those spokes, maybe to to this world, that's what the web three looks like. That's what that
1: I I think that's what it can be. And I think that's what we're working towards. And and also explorations for the possibility about how we can how we can amplify those parts of our lives. It's not simply This this capitalistic pursuit um, that it 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 encompasses much more than that, and it allows us to make work with other uh, other types of models for living on an opt-in basis, and that's just not something that has existed before in the world. We haven't been able to. One of the things that I, I I've I've always excited about was, is the idea of like different economic models as culture, like as a, as a means of like social interaction. Um, It's not like you can just participate where you live. No, you can't. In, in a, in a co-op sort of system in, you know, a, around the world, but you can now like we're getting to that point where like blockchains are able to facilitate that and so you can actually start experimenting with the kind of the kind of governmental models the
0: kind of economic models that you were always interested in so you gave me you gave me an idea because i've written extensively on the uh black markets and economic uh uh how the economic systems work inside federal prisons, and through mackerel mm-hmm. mackerel tins and mackerel coin, and you have the inter-prison exchange system, you have the intra-prison exchange system, and you have inflation, deflation, have crazy stuff. You have debasement of the of the inter inter-prison currency system. I've written th- like ten thousand words plus on this. uh I've always liked the idea of putting together some sort of like metaverse game where people can be inmates and experience that economic system that I kind of went through. Uh, And that's actually a really cool idea now that I think I probably shouldn't be talking about it on my podcast because someone's going to take the idea, but I don't care. (laughs) It sounds like a cool, it sounds really cool to do though. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that that's, I, I, I think that
1: would be really cool to do. And I also think that like, that sort of those kinds of uh that, that kind of gaming experience would create a a degree of understanding and empathy for people who live that system that you're not that so much of the population isn't currently able to access they do not have you, you if you don't have i don't have first firsthand experience living in type that type of that that type of economic system yeah and allowing somebody exposure to
0: that (laughs) like and uh and uh yeah you'd have to like uh, you'd be you'd be a potential inmate and you'd only be allowed to spend a certain amount of money a month mm -hmm. at commissary so you have to figure out how to live and then you'd have to earn that money if you didn't have external people sending you and then you'd have to figure out how to uh access the markets where you can buy things on non-commissary days and then you have to figure out how to, you know, pay people for haircuts and personal training. You have to figure out who to stay away from and how to avoid. <laughs> you have to know how to stay under the radar, how to shut your mouth, but at the same time you have to live an economic life with people. And so, like, um, there's like this whole another world of like religion mashups and things like that. It would be cool to do for an NFT type of game, but, uh, but yeah. I would play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know I would play too. I think a lot of people too and I think I would build that on Ethereum because uh you'd want to have I'd have the most amount of intricacies. And I'd mm-hmm. want to be on a on a platform that allows for not just within the smart contract language itself to have like different attributes or a different uh you know if then if this then that type of interactions within the the intelligence or within the characters of the, of the metaverse, for example. But at the same time, I need to make sure you have my ether wallet and other suites of tools that the, you know, my grandpa can come in and play the game, which mm-hmm. he'll want to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that Ethereum, uh,
1: besides, you know, besides just like a, a strong developer community, one of the things that Ethereum has offered is like, we've done this, we built the infrastructure. Uh, for these things, we built these o- user onboarding tools. One of the things that we kind of get from other blockchains a lot is, is, and th- this has been going on for years. And so, as long as I've been with Mu, the idea, you know, the idea is like, well, can you support our blockchain? Can you support, like, mm. can you add? Can you add bring wallet support? Because there's um, to a certain extent, particularly for a new blockchain, um it's a thank it's a little bit of a thankless job um you don't like you're you know you're yeah you're adding the support and there's you know it's not if there's not a lot of volume there's not an easy way of monetizing it it's you know it can it can be pretty rough so people want these sort of established user experience user experiences to help people usher them in and One of the reasons we kind of stuck with Ethereum is because it's like, well, we kind of, well, to a certain extent, we we kind of had our hands full, like, you know, making sure that our users can support all of the emerging use cases that are just happening on Ethereum, um, in particular, just uh, in particular on Ethereum proper, Um, and when you add in the number of uh, uh, layer two solutions that are emerging right now, there is. There is definitely um, there right now. Just on Ethereum, there is there is uh, there are enough tools to handle virtually any uh, like yes. all of these emerging use cases yes. in a way that there probably isn't in other like in other blockchains at this moment.
0: Yeah, it's in fact when you when you are you know when someone is launching a new blockchain because I've been a part of. I've invested in new platforms that have launched, I've advised them to. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of you kind of see in the chats that they're saying, we need to make sure we have, you know, everything that Ethereum has, we need to make sure we have out of the box. So it's like, if you're mm-hmm. that chain that other people are making sure that when they launch, they're like at, even at a perception of your level, then you know you're in the right space. And I want to I wanna go back to something that you just said too, about the spokes. And I want to, mm-hmm bring this into opportunity, we, you know, this is not a capitalistic endeavor only, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, because we're it's, if we look at the five spokes and the web three, um, we've only built a little bit on one of those spokes. So you Mm -hmm. have four and a half and four and change, you know, uh, as the crow flies or whatever left that you can build on. That's how early we are right now. Oh, absolutely. There are amazing capitalistic endeavors. And and what you said is the best thing ever. Right now, we're in, in the industry where you can build things just for exploring, exploratory. Mm-hmm. We're just exploring, figure out R&D. You get paid to think. I get paid to talk. How cool mm-hmm. is that? I mean, what's the world that we're, that we're living in right now? And so going into 2022, um, a lot of OGs, people have been in the space to kind of like look at, oh, if you do get into like a potential, not bear market, but just range for for six months or a year that gives a lot of people relief like myself, but at the same time, those who've only been in the space where it's like number go up, what advice mm-hmm. would you have for those people who may go through like six months or a year of non number go up, but they want to build and grow and do a lot of things in the space. I mean, I, I think that,
1: uh, <laughs> I mean, my, my, my first vi- uh advice was uh, do it, <laughs> just do it. Um, the, I understand. I understand, and I empathize with a lot of people right now. Sure. Like, you know, if you came in, if you came in at the top, if you came in at the top, like, it's it it might be it, it might be rough going. But I don't think that we're gonna see. We're not. I don't think we're gonna see the kind of depths we saw, um, just a few uh, years ago. I mean, mm. I remember when Ethereum dropped to hundred dollars, and <laughs> Um, some people thought that they were like that. Some people were literally talking about how it was over. And those of us who had been in the space for a minute knew it wasn't like, we're still, we're still just, we're still just beginning. We've um, only just
0: begun. Yeah. I love the, Carpenters.
1: the Um And the, that's when you kind of get to, <laughs> that's where you, kind of, where you kind of get into faith. Not necessarily yes. in, not necessarily in, the technology per se, or the or the market necessarily, but in the vision and what we're building here. Like, what is the end goal here? It's to decentralize the internet and bring uh, a richer experience for our community, uh, for ourselves and our communities um, in a way, you know, creating an internet that isn't extractive isn't extractive, but um, that is fulfilling. That we have a stake in that uh, you know that create like that creates avenues for where we can live our best lives. And if that's what you're working towards, if that's what you're working towards, and you believe in that vision, then stay, build it. Are you because guys hiring? We are. Like always. Everyone's always hiring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um yeah it's a yeah it's a there's a a permanent we're hiring sign hanging in our
0: proverbial window um that's that's amazing that's really beautiful and and so uh i i really want to thank you for for taking the time and and talking about this we've given me a lot of reflection too i i forgot about the spokes a little bit so i'm going to be thinking about it over the next few days um i hope the listeners enjoyed the show and And think about those spokes as you go into the new year. Remember what's important. Time is the only finite resource. Time, use, we're trying to earn money to make, to be more time rich, not be time poor to make ourselves more money rich. So we only have 20. We should be like, our currencies, our currency should be time units. Like 24 time units in the day times how many days, you know, whatever the seconds, whatever. Like that's the finite that's the finite you know, uh, uh, currency right there. That's the finite commodity. That's the finite resource. It's time. Because once the roller coaster is over, it's done. We got to enjoy every freaking second of it and make sure that we are the happiest people that we can be. And, and yeah, that's, that's what I love about life. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. I'm very excited for the new year, and I hope to have you back soon. Thank you. i enjoyed being here. Happy New Year.